Welcome to the Align Nutrition Podcast, a place where eating doesn't get in the way of living. We use science and psychology to move past the challenges you face while healing your relationship to food. I'm your host, Erica Drury, a registered dietitian and intuitive eating counselor. For the past 10 years, I've been helping people like you find a happy medium of flow and balance with eating. If solving these issues were easy, you would have figured it out already. Expect to learn a new way. Each week, you'll hear trainings, listen in on mini coaching sessions from people on your same path, and learn from other guest professionals. I'm so glad you've joined me. Hey there, welcome back to the Align Nutrition Podcast. I'm so excited. Today, I have a close colleague and friend of mine, Samantha Christie. She is an expert in all things intuitive eating and exercise. She is a registered dietitian and exercise physiologist. She has her own company where she works with people. It's called AAA Wellness, and it's focused on empowering people to live their best life through both positive relationships with food and their body. So I know you guys are going to love this conversation that we're having today. She has a master's degree from Colorado State, kinesiology from Penn State, and has been in the fitness industry for over 10 years. She's currently a coach at Orange Theory Fitness, but is also an expert in many modalities, including kettlebells, TRX, cycling. She currently works with one-on-one clients and also works with them on like kind of proper nutrition and having a healthy relationship with their body. And like me, she believes that at the root of health, self-care and taking care of ourselves from the inside. And let's get into it. Sam, welcome. Thank you so much. And I appreciate that. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be yeah, here. How do you like that resume? I can like read it every time you walk into <laughs> I, a room. And I you... feel so profound. That would be great. <laughs> Just like maybe like a sandstorm beat behind it. <laughs> yes, it, oh, it, it is. And as I've come to know you, like you, everything that I've listed, you know, you represent. And that's why I also love having you come in as a guest expert inside my program. I know you run your programs as well, because you really you really get it and kind of bringing both things, both of these things together. I always think of these dual pieces of food yeah. exercise, and then obviously body image is kind of pulling them all together and united in, in between the two. So how did you get into this work? Yeah, thank you again, seriously. So I went to school, like you mentioned for kinesiology, and I always had this love of like movement. I was a dancer growing up. I danced competitively and I loved movement and I actually wanted to go to a physical therapy school. I really didn't know that I was going to become a dietitian or even like remotely be where I'm at now. I love but I ended up, <laughs> I know. <laughs> I ended up falling into becoming a personal trainer through school. And then I started working as a personal trainer. And even then I kind of was like, not really sure what I wanted to do with it, but I knew I wanted to make people feel strong. I always felt like so much confidence and strength could be built in the gym through doing hard things whether that's lifting or cardio, whatever it is, but just feeling strong in our body. So I became a personal trainer. I worked for a ton of big box gyms, you name it. I probably worked there. And then kind of through my own journey through orthorexia with just being over-exercising, eating not enough food, tracking my food. Mm -hmm. I, on the one hand, realized that nutrition could be so healing, but I also realized that this was a very common issue that many people face. So but then I decided I wanted to go to school for nutrition, which led me to Colorado State, my master's, so that I could become a dietitian. And from the get-go, I literally went to school knowing I wanted to work with people 
struggling with either eating disorders, but also their relationship with food. And then because I have this great niche with exercise and I still love the fitness industry and I'm very tied to it, disordered eating and that disordered relationship with food and exercise. And so that led me to where I am today. And yeah. I love it. I love it. And I could see where like your, you know, knowing you, you do, you have intention behind what you do. You go all out with things. And so when you're talking about like building strength, like I know what that feels like for you because you're very much when you're working with people, it's like stake in the ground. Like we're building upon something like you are enough and we're adding to it. And so I can just see where like, there's not really that aesthetic piece, you know, it's like very internal. It's very much this like way to develop yourself as a person. And so I could see where for you applying those same qualities that you have to food easily led for it to be kind of like a little bit obsessive and kind of feeling like, Hey, I'm kind of more in this orthorexic territory of like, wow, I just, this feels a little too rigid. Yeah, for sure. I think I fell into a couple of traps of a like diet culture. Number one, I like can't lie when I say that I was like restrictive eating and that was a gateway to counting calories and obsessiveness with that. And then you put someone in a big box gym for the first time where I was working as a trainer for really the first time in a big box gym. What we mean by that is like not a boutique fitness studio, but lots of trainers, lots of people. And you just instantly kind of start comparing yourself to other trainers and people there. And especially as a female, I happen to have been a smaller female and there was a lot of things that I was new to. And I didn't know at that time, really, even as much as I did about strength training. And so you just feel completely lost. And so it's so easy to get comparison, which leads to self-doubt. And you just kind of go into this spiral of things that led me to yeah, orthorexia. And I'm like so thankful for finding intuitive eating and going through my own long recovery journey. But to get to now where I can see diet culture for what it is, recognize it and also work with people as a personal trainer in a totally different way. Yeah, it is. That's what I feel like when you're working with people on strength, like through all of your healing and what you've done, because you're so grounded and where you're at and Hey, we're here to build. We're here to enjoy to move. We're here to develop that. Like you really foster a space for people to be able to do that for themselves. And that just feels really healing because it's like giving them what you didn't have. Absolutely. And I think it's all about showing people that like strength is so much more than our muscles. Strength is so much more than being able to curl 12 pounds or being able to deadlift 120. Those are all just numbers. They're arbitrary. They don't matter. Like there's like so many other things. And there's like, they're numbers that literally do not matter. Nobody cares. And it's not tattooed on your forehead. (laughs) And I think it's more about showing up for yourself to say the hard things that I'm doing in the gym and maybe not always hard, right? Like maybe it's the breath work or meditation or just something else, but showing up for yourself, A is enough. It's saying, Hey, I take care of myself. I honor my body. But then B, you know, when you are faced with, let's say those challenges in those gyms of maybe it is those deadlifts or doing a really hard EMOM or whatever it is. You build this strength that you know when you face hard things outside the gym, you can take on anything. And I think that's what's so important about strength training is yeah, it's great for building muscles. It's great for our, you know, our body. It makes us feel good, but it like actually empowers you to do hard things. Yes. Oh, that's awesome to hear and think of it that way. And like it strikes me that a lot of my listeners or people that, you know, I might be working with or whatever. 
who maybe have trouble finding that distinction of that like kind of unhealthy striving, that burning out, that push, 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 and that like healthy striving that you're talking about. That's like, hey, it's okay to be intense. Hey, it's okay to not be intense. Hey, it's okay to do whatever you enjoy doing in the gym, but finding your own kind of issues or things that you want to work out, things that you want to strengthen. Like when you talk about strength, it feels like this analogous strength. Oh, for sure. Touches all areas. So how do you help people kind of make that distinction between the two? I think there's a couple pieces. I think the first piece is having non-aesthetic goals. So having goals that do not relate to your aesthetic or what you look like. It should be like, I move. It doesn't have to be this, like, I think working out kind of gives a weird connotation of like, it has to be lifting or cardio and it doesn't. It should just be movement that you enjoy. Any movement is good movement. And so then realizing that, that whatever that movement is that feels good, that makes you want to come back to it, that's going to be good movement for your body. And then B, having a non-aesthetic goal. So training for other reasons. Maybe it's improved mood. Maybe it's I have more energy later on in the day. Maybe it helps my gut digest food better. Maybe it's I just quite frankly feel better. Maybe it's that you have more confidence. Maybe it is that makes you feel strong, empowered, all those things. But it's working out for reasons that have nothing to do with aesthetics and nothing to do with weight. That's great. That makes so much sense to me. And like it seems like too, and kind of what you were talking about and how you were describing these other things that maybe that same criteria that you just named could be to help people distinguish on whether they need to move that day or whether they need to rest. Like, how do you help people with that? Yeah. So a couple of things, I think a, it is about like turning inward to your body and asking yourself, like, what do I need in this moment? Just like you would self-care because movement can be a form of Mm self-care just as not moving and rest and recovery can also be a form of self-care. So listening to that and also all the other things going on. So for example, if you're really stressed out and you've had a long day, you're kind of tired, rest might be a better option for you, right? Your mind and your soul is telling you, I need to calm down. My central nervous system needs a break. So maybe if you do want to move, that's a good time to go for a walk. Maybe do 10 minutes of yoga. But it might also be, I just need to sleep on the couch and like binge watch Shit's Creek. Like yeah. that works too. <laughs> But sometimes like you're feeling more energized, right? You feel like you're like, I can take on the world. Okay, that's a great day to maybe go for a run. Or maybe it's lift some heavy things. Maybe it's two kettlebells. Maybe it's TRX, whatever it is. But kind of go off your energy levels and keeping in mind your stress, your mood, and also what have you eaten that day mm-hmm. as well. That is so important because we have to be eating enough to be able to work out and expend energy. And so... I think it's important to just like you listen to your hunger cues, like your hunger, your full hunger and your satiety cues, kind of the same thing of listen to your body's energy cues and what are we feeling in those moments to decide what we want to do. I always think about like if the idea of getting on my Peloton bike seems like a pain and that like it's like, oh, that just sounds terrible. It's a rest day. Mm-hmm. Like it's definitely a rest day. Yeah. If I'm like, oh, you know what? The sun's out. It feels good. I'm going to go for a walk or maybe it's a combination, but just kind of turning inward, just like you would your hunger and your fullness cues. And that takes practice. Absolutely. It does take practice. It sounds like, because the way you describe that, I think is so important, like as it relates to self-care and then that satiety and these hunger cues and kind of paying attention to your energy. And then also, like you said, that's like the practice piece, 
kind of like with healing our relationship to food, the practice piece is to like learn how to build a nutrition pattern that feels good for you and establishing what enough looks like, how often, like, you know, what type of foods you like, et cetera. So kind of like with working out, it sounds like kind of determining like, when is it that, like, how do you identify a rest day? Mm -hmm. How do you identify a day that you might need a certain type of movement? Like, Ooh, what kind of, how do I need to move? Do I have excess energy that feels like I need to get out? I'm feeling like squirrely or whatever, or do I need to chill? Like I've been running around all day and I need to like slow down or do something that focuses me. Anything else that kind of goes along with that and strength? Or I I I think think strength, but you know what I mean? Movement. Yeah. (laughs) No, I think you kind of hit it right on the head. And I think it's even good to kind of like journal those things and write them down so that you can learn from them. And kind of think about like, what does the big picture of your day or your week look like? So like, just for example, I know for me on days that I'm going to be coaching a lot of classes, I'm going to be expending a lot of energy, I'm going to be moving a lot, I might keep my workout really short, 30 minutes, right? Short, sweet to the point, enough to make me feel good and to make me feel confident so that I can take on the rest of the day. Other days when I'm like, you know, I don't have that much going on today. I'm feeling strong. I'm feeling good. That's what I'm going to do maybe my little bit longer workout or something more challenging. But yeah, it's kind of all those things that you said, just like tuning inward and knowing that it's going to be a learning experience. You know, you might start a workout and get five minutes in and be like, you know what? I'm not feeling it. Great. You just learned something. Now, you know, you should take an rest day. Now, you know, in the future, all right, I can plan my rest day when I feel this way. So I think it's just all about learning about yourself. (laughs) Well, and I love like the permission that you give, like it's kind of simple. Like you're just, you're just testing. Like if you get it wrong, like you can leave the gym early, you can abandon your workout. You can, you know, do anything really. Yeah. And I think also reminding people too, that you don't have to work out for a set amount of time. I know I work with so many clients that are like, I need to do 30 minutes or I need to do 45 minutes. You don't. It's arbitrary numbers. (laughs) Again, it's just sometimes a 20 minute walk or a 20 minute run is all you need. And that's fine. Or maybe it's 22 or 18 or 15. Like there's no rule out there that says what it has to be, except for these diet culture and fitness myths that say we have to do something so many times, but you can't give a one-way prescription for everyone when all of us have different lives, different, you know, we're all so individual. And so it's okay to just do what works for you in that moment. Again, it's really coming from a place of self-care. Yeah. Well, and that's something that I really learned and knowing you is like exactly what you said in terms of that, like diet culture, like prescription kind of like when we're working on healing our relationship to food, we're kind of like ditching some of these identities yes. and just being a competent eater and enjoying food and feeding ourselves in a way that feels good versus like, I am this type of person. It strikes me that like that really could show up with exercise too of like, oh. cause you taught me that you can just have variety. And I was like, yes. oh, like I thought I would have needed to really do like this many days a week or this much of this, because that's what I always thought that consistency could look like rather than just like consistency could be a million different things. Yeah. I think that's so true and such a good point that similar to diet culture where you hear people say, well, I'm on this side, I'm on this side. We identify that with exercise of, mm-hmm. oh, well, I do Peloton. I go to CrossFit. I'm an orange mm-hmm. theory fitness person. Like they become your identity. That's not your identity. Yeah. It's just a hobby. That's just something that you enjoy doing. Like that's not your identity. That's not who you are. And so I think again, separating that And realizing that you can do whatever type of movement feels good. Maybe your movement is jumping rope for however long. 
Maybe it's walking your dog. Maybe it's dancing around in your room. If that's what makes you feel good. Like it can be anything and variety is what's probably going to keep you going. And just think like the, the saying of like, if you continuously always do the exact same thing, that's insanity. Like you're not, you're not even going to make progress there. We need the different things, right? You want to change it up and your body also is going to crave that. Like if we're doing high intensity every single day, eventually you're going to crash. It's like running your body on low energy all the time. It's not going to work. So you need to have that variety of the yoga days, the rest days, the recovery, the lighter days. And your body will thank you so much for that. And variety really is the spice of life. Just like with food, we want to eat a variety of foods. We want to eat a variety of nutrients because it's beneficial to our health. You know, same thing with exercise. Having that variety is just going to help your joints, your muscles, everything be more fluid. Everything's going to work better. Yeah. And it feels like it could be seasonal, like food, like yes. oh, in the summer, oh, for sure. I love to hike or in the fall, I love to hike, but you know, in the winter, I'm so glad I have my stationary bike in the basement or that I follow that girl on YouTube that I can do her yoga routines or whatever. Without a doubt. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that it's good to kind of follow it seasonally because we're ever changing human beings and your moods and like your feelings are, are going to be changing and that's okay. It's good for it to ebb and flow. You just, again, learn more about yourself and you get to grow and experience new things. Yeah. Well, it's, it strikes me too, as we're talking about this, that, you know, somebody might be listening and be like, well, I love Orange Theory. Like, that's all I want to do. Wonderful. And it's like, okay, cool. That's fine. You know, and if two years from now, your work schedule is such that you can only attend, you know, one class a week and you regret that you can only do that. And good thing it's only for nine weeks while you're working on this project and you can return to that or you find variety in your Orange Theory or you're working on, your, you know, self and how you're doing things and challenging things in different ways, or just, Hey, I just enjoy showing up because I see the same eight people most Thursdays. Like, Hey, that's cool. Like you can get whatever out of it, but just offering space and permission for exercise to be kind of whatever it is to you. Absolutely. And ultimately it should be joyful. It should be fun. Like not every workout is going to feel like Disneyland. Like there are going to be some hard workouts. There might even be some workouts you get them. Like I always say that like exercise makes you emotionally, mentally, and physically stronger. Because sometimes you need a good cry during workout. I'm crying on the treadmill more than a few times. It's okay. <laughs> like it, it does all those things, but it's going to ebb and flow. But ultimately it should be something fun. Like movement is fun. You know, you look at intuitive eating and a lot of that is kind of thinking about how we ate as kids, right? Very freely. We knew when we were hungry, we stopped when we we're full and we, we ate the foods that we're craving apply that to exercise, right? It should be fun. Do the things that you enjoy. It should be satisfying. It should not be something that you feel like you have to do. I mean, in the words of Jess Sims, it should be something that you get to do. It is a celebration of what your body can do. And it's something that allows you to go on and live your best life, whether that's from being more mobile or you know, putting, being able to be strong enough to put your suitcase in the overhead compartment on an airplane. But it's ultimately about like empowering you to do all the other things in your life but this is like a fun part of your life. It's kind of like play. I think of it as like a playground. You have to play at the playground. Yes. And it, you know, a lot of the people that you and I work with, like diet culture has kind of taken the joy out of eating the, yes. you know, it's taken us away from being in our bodies, which can be joyful. And so same thing with exercise. So would you say to someone who is trying to recapture a more positive relationship with exercise, would you suggest that they start to seek out joyful movements? Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think experimenting with joyful movement, because I think it's going to look so different 
than what you think. A, yeah, I think of joyful movement kind of as like seeking out the intuitive eating, right? It's a place coming from root within, rooted in self-care and really taking what you feel on the inside and projecting that out. And I think finding joyful movement, it's again, it's a journey, right? So it's testing out different things, you know, whether it's going on YouTube and trying out all the different workouts or so many gyms or fitness facilities or whatever offer like free weeks, like go try a class. A, you might meet someone, you might make a new friend. B, you might find something that you really didn't know that you loved. And so try new things and be open to them. And just know that just because something works for one person doesn't mean it's going to work for you. Everyone is different and our bodies have different things. There are certain things that I like that Erica, you might not like or vice versa. We're all different, but just seek it out and explore and you know, start with walking, like walk outside. Great place to start. Yeah. Well, and I was even thinking about if somebody was working with somebody like you or coming to class that, you know, they could pull you aside or give you feedback of like, Hey, I, you know, the Russian squats or what is the, Oh, the split squats. Like, Oh, my knees hate those. And so it's like, okay, well, you know, could, is there a different form of, you know, working this type of muscle group and like asking for those types of modifications or options that's always available. Absolutely. And I love that you use the word options because I think we get really stuck in this idea that like taking a different form of something is a weakness. And no, it's a sign of strength. Like it is you picking the right movement for your body. And quite frankly, sometimes the only way you're going to get stronger at it is by taking a different option of it. So take, for example, for me, like push-ups on my toes, they're not going to happen. And I don't do them. I don't like them. And I can't get full range of motion. So like not getting full range of motion, I'm never going to get stronger at them. So I always do them on my knees. And guess what? I feel so strong. I feel badass doing them. Like, because I can go all the way down, all the way back up. And it's an option that makes me feel successful. And ultimately, like with exercise, we want to feel successful. So just because one exercise doesn't work for you, that's okay. There's a million options out there. Pick the one that works for you. And if you don't know, ask. Hopefully you have an instructor out there who's, you know, informed and knowledgeable and is very, should be very willing to give you a different option. If they're not, run away from that instructor. <laughs> oh, they need to call you then. <laughs> yeah. Call me right away. I'll hook you up. <laughs> DM me. But yeah, like taking the options, it's really a sign of strength because it's you picking the right thing for your body. And isn't that the most empowering thing we can do? Oh, thank you for, for talking about that. And I could not leave this interview without asking you this question, just with you being an expert on intuitive eating and really bringing strength in a broad way to our lives. When people are working on their relationship to food and exercise, like, is there a certain like order that you recommend or the way you might see things unfold, or even just like a tip about how to approach that? Cause I think a lot of people feel like, oh, I have both up ahead. Is there anything they should hold off on or expect or anything along the way? Yeah, I think I think a the most important thing is you need to make sure you're nourishing yourself enough. You need to make sure you're eating enough. You're not eating enough exercise. We cannot be doing that. So we need to make sure we're nourishing our body enough. That like has to be number one. And I think number two is looking at your why. Why are you exercising? Why are you working out? Why are you moving? And can we find a reason that is non-aesthetic related? Those two things together, I think, are the key. Because if your goal is still weight loss or body changing, you're still in that diet culture mindset and it's not going to feel joyful. But if we can change that mindset to something that's non-aesthetics and is more empowering, 
And it could quite simply be, I want to feel strong. I want to know I can do hard things. Mm -hmm. I want to feel good in my body. Those are all perfectly good reasons. Once we find that, that why, then I think we can start to move forward. And then I think it's all about exploring, okay, what makes me feel good? You know, so we do those things together, but I think you got to make sure you're eating enough food. Yeah, no, it's beautiful. It makes sense that that would really be prerequisite because eating when you're undernourished or, you know, eating for or working out for aesthetic or weight loss, did they just really kind of end up, you know, bumping up against each other and, and taking the joy out of it? So exactly. That makes perfect sense. Well, in closing, what is your favorite way that you have been exploring strength lately? Probably kettlebells. I think you knew that answer, but I love kettlebell training. I love the way it can flow from one movement to the next. I love that there are like infinite possibilities with it. And I also love that it's a little bit different. Most people, you know, don't really know how to use a kettlebell correctly. And that's okay. Like they're just, you know, metal piece weight. That's okay. But I love being able to move them and flow with them. And the dancer in me just loves the the flowy part of that movement. But then I also feel super strong and badass when I can like do a swing. And I like, I know that a 50 pound swing for me is like nothing. I'm like, yes, I can do that. So I think kettlebells for me just feel so strong and empowering. So yeah, they're definitely one of my favorites. That's great. That's what I love about kettlebells too. I, yeah, with both of us having a background in dance, it's funny how, you know, those things they do, there's a grace, there's power with them. And a lot of the things that we probably enjoyed when we were younger in terms of absolutely, you found that again. What is next for you? What do you have coming up in your business? Yeah. So as you mentioned in the beginning, I see patients one-on-one. So mostly virtual counseling for both your relationship with food, but then also the relationship with exercise. And then we also... I have a business partner that we're doing, the Intuitive Strength Academy, which we are so excited to be launching again in May. So it's a 10-week course that really explores joyful movement, both from what it is to how to dismantle diet culture and fitness myths. But we even talk about how to build a program for yourself. So how to actually build a strength training program for yourself, just super valuable. And then we also talk about intuitive eating and nutrition education and healing that relationship. So it was like the perfect combination of kind of everything we talked about today of healing that relationship with food and then also with exercise. So it's a 10-week course. We're excited to launch it again. So that's kind of the next big thing. That's awesome. Where can people find you so they can follow along and think about maybe joining? Yeah. So probably the most present is my Instagram, which is triple A wellness by Sam. And that's spelled out. So like T-R-I-P-L-E-A wellness by Sam. You can also find that on Facebook as well as my website, which is just triple A wellness. And we also have a page for the Intuitive Strength Academy, which is just the intuitive hyphen or not hyphen, the bottom one. Can't think of what it's called. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. I'll link it in the intuitive. show notes. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. But it's intuitive underscore strength underscore academy. Oh, perfect. Thank you so much for being here and sharing about what you do and this beautiful method that you've put together that really, I think, just can help somebody, you know, from both sides or even support the work that they might be doing with someone else and seek out this part of their healing. So everyone, until next time. Thanks to you for listening. Find me on Instagram at Align Nutrition. Let me know if you like this or if you have other topics or ideas for the podcast. I love hearing from you. If you've gotten something out of this, help us reach more people who need this message by subscribing in your podcast app. A nice rating and review also helps us reach more people and is so appreciated. I hope you enjoyed this episode and until next time.